Season 3 now of Bench Busted, where me and Jack reflect on our FPL teams, where it's all gone wrong, where it's all gone right, and what we're doing in the coming weeks. As always, I'm Nick, hosting this week, joined by Jack. How are you doing this week, Jack? Yeah, not too bad. All things considered, not too bad. I mean, we are in the midst of another heatwave, sort of a mini heatwave, shall I say. You know, not as hot as it once was, uh, you know, about a month ago, when it did hit about 41, 42 degrees in some parts of the UK, but... You know, it's getting it's getting there. It's about 32, 33 degrees. And yeah, I think the heat is certainly getting to me. Yeah, it definitely is because I was joking. Before we started, I was joking about my team being bad and Jack was having none of it. <laughs> Absolutely none of it. He's furious in this heat. Don't get in his way. I'm going to, we will start immediately, Jack. How did you do this week? What is making you furious in this hot, hot, hot weather? that's got your back no it, it was just you talking about how your <laughs> week me it's just me it was you talking about how you've had a bad week and a poor start to this season and oh, a disastrous week mate disastrous i look at my team and i i was just like okay look I'm, I'm happy for you and of course i am as you were for me last season but when you come in try to tell me that you've had a bad week just, uh, I know you're trying to wind me up and I, and I understand that, but just don't because I ended the week on 54 points and really I think the big difference between mine and your team, you know, you got some of the 50-50 decisions, right? And and I didn't. Uh, obviously, I went with Kane over Haaland and that didn't pay off. We both went with Captain Salah, which of course, you know, game week one against a newly promoted side, although Liverpool didn't come away with the win. Salah did pick up 12 points, so that's a nice 24 points in the bank there. My week started off really, really well with that Arsenal game, obviously, with the likes of Ramsdale, Saka and Jesus. Jesus not producing the goods, but on another day, he would have got a goal or two against that Palace side and Arsenal looked really good for large parts of that game so I am keeping everything crossed that they can push on from this and and hopefully he can pick up a goal or two in in game week two. Elsewhere Cancelo picked up a clean sheet and a bonus point for for Manchester City but other than that it's just ones and twos all round. I mean the the Liverpool clean sheet wipeout and of course conceding two goals against Fulham uh, meant that Trent and Robertson both came away from that game with one point apiece. Neto Picked up two points. Bailey picked up two points. Didn't look that great. Uh, I mean, that Aston Villa side against Bournemouth just didn't look great at all. And, and of course, you know, I took the risk with going with uh, Perisic. And, uh, yeah, that didn't pay off either because he didn't start the game. He came off the bench, got me one point. And, yeah, it is what it is. You know, 54 points. Not how I envisioned it starting. But at the end of the day, I'll take it. And I know that... You know, it's going to be a lot easier for someone like me to get a green arrow in game week two than it is for someone like you, who has finished, I think, 20 points or so above me at the end of game week one. Well, Jack, I'll be honest, we'll let, we'll let anyone listening to decide whether it's truly a terrible game week for me or not, because I captained the third best player on my team. Oh, what a disaster. Kulosevsky got 13, Haaland got 13 and Salah only got 12. I'm joking, I'm not going to wind you up anymore. I've had a great week. I've obviously had the best start I think I've probably ever had in in FPL. I've been playing for a few years now, and I really, really don't think it's ever been this good. I'm very happy with Kulisevsky because 
He was someone that I obviously rated and benched at the end of last season for 16 points. No mistakes like that this time. We were talking last week about how originally I'd been on like Son and Haaland instead. It was actually really how bad I, I thought Diaz was at Liverpool rather than how good I thought Kulusevski was going to be. I just thought Kulusevski was like the second best option after I thought Diaz wasn't actually like a good option anymore um, and restructured my team. So that went really well for me. Haaland went really well, although... We obviously had very different opinions after the Community Shield about him, which sort of set us in stone for how we were going to go. And on another day, Kane will score a lot of... Like, he'd have got points against Southampton and most other days. And then, like, sure, my Trossard pick didn't work, my Bailey pick didn't work, Jesus did blank. But Castagna as well. I was quite hot on Leicester fullbacks going into the game week. And I got, I'm going to just say lucky with him because the goal doesn't come from open play. Um, I got him because I thought, that he was going to play right wing occasionally and not just right back. And I think that he sort of did that um, this weekend, although a lot of people will probably try and t- tell you with a fair amount of like truth that, that Leicester played five at the back for most of the game. Like It's it's interesting, but Castagna definitely playing far forward just got his return, his goal from like not, not open play. So a bit lucky there. And otherwise, yeah, flying. I'm actually really, really happy. I won't bang on about it too much. I guess the real decision that mattered the most come the end of the game week wasn't really picking the 8mm mids because Madison got a return, Saka got a return, Kubasevsky did too. It, it just ended up being Haaland versus Kane, that second premium, which is like made or break like so many game weeks. Made and broke yours, Jack, as well. Like, How do you feel about that? Because I watched and I thought Kane should have scored or could have scored. Like I say, at the end of the day, I mean, he didn't get presented with the best chances, but there were points in that game where others around him could have slotted him in and, and he could have quite easily tapped a goal or two home. You know what, I'm, I'm not too disheartened by it. Like I said, you know, it's a 50-50 decision really. And yeah, I get it. You know, Haaland didn't have the best game in the Community Shield, but he did still have, you know, something like an XG of like one and he was getting into good positions. And of course, City being the team that they are will create chances for him. And yeah, as you say, you know, on any other day of the week, Spurs at home against Southampton, Kane is nailed on to, to score a goal or two in that. So yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I think it certainly made my transfer decision a lot easier than it perhaps would have been if Kane had have returned against Southampton. Spoiler alert. But yeah, you know what? You've got to just take it on the chin and, and move on. It's only one week, you know. We've got 37 games left to play of the season. I'm not going to do my my typical panic and try to restructure my team as soon as I can and take hits to do so. I'm going to stay patient and, you know, just take it one game week at a time because, you know, the players in my side could quite easily all turn up in in game week two. So, yeah, that was really the key decision. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, I had Haaland in my team throughout the entirety of pre-season up until, yeah, about a week before. So you just got to take it on the chin and, and move on, I suppose. But, you know, City looked fantastic in their uh, 2-0 win over West Ham. I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult for them than it was. But, you know, Haaland picking up uh, two goals, De Bruyne with an assist. City created something like four or five big chances in that game and all of them fell to Haaland. And he finished the game with an XG of 1.6 from from the chances that he had. And it was just insane to watch him play. You know, I think him and De Bruyne instantly have a fantastic connection at that 
club as well. So, yeah, you know, certainly moving forward and going into game week two when they uh, host Bournemouth in what could be Haaland's first home game of the Premier League, then certainly looks like a, a very appealing option for for a lot of FPL managers. Yeah, yeah, as you say, like he play, he gets his first home hat trick of the Premier League. <laughs> so you probably want to own him for that. I'm glad you moved on it. It's the start of the season, and it means that any price changes make it so that you can't do like for like moves anymore. Going Kane to Haaland before Haaland went up and Kane went down on the night on Sunday evening. It's a clever move. That's exactly what I did, you know. There's absolutely no way. Look, I know that some people were maybe bemoaning the fact that people were doing that and, you know, new players to the game would perhaps be caught off guard by that. But for me, you know, to avoid that price drop on Kane, to get that 0.1 increase on, on Haaland and effectively, you know, gain 0.2 million, as it were, there's nothing really I can I can ask for. I have submitted in that transfer. That's the only transfer I'm making going into game week two because, as I said earlier, I don't really want to start taking hits this early on because I believe that the players in my starting 11 will come good at some point. It's just, you know, playing that waiting game, being a bit patient. Am I maybe on the back foot going into game week three where others around me might have two free transfers if they had Haaland in their teams? Then, yeah, sure. But take it one game at a time, one game week at a time, and... Yeah, just move on with it. And, and as I say, I think that Haaland against Bournemouth at home, if he starts, he could quite easily score three or four goals against that Bournemouth side. Bournemouth, as I mentioned earlier, did look really good against Aston Villa, but I do think that Villa just perhaps weren't quite at the races. We'll wait and see, but I think that Haaland is, is certainly going to be up there in terms of captaincy choices going into game week two as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to ask each other later who we're captaining and we're both going to just immediately say Haaland. I don't think, it's, I don't think there's any question whether or not you should be captaining him. He looked absolutely so much better than a striker, than any striker I've seen for so long. Kane got the ball in a similar position to him in the Southampton game, and Spurs did well. Uh, it's a huge result. They've won 4-1 against Southampton, especially after going a goal down. Kulisevsky looked like fire. His left foot was magic. But Kane got the ball between two centre-backs, and he could have had the opportunity to run forwards with the ball um, and like, get into a one-on-one with the keeper, but he just wasn't fast enough. So he turns and he looks for the pass to Son instead. And at that moment, he sort of like after seeing Haaland against West Ham, you know that Haaland's just different gravy to Kane. Like he can finish, but he can also just he can just has that burst of acceleration, that power that means that he will punish teams. He will punish disorganized teams so hard um, that yeah, Jack, I back your decision entirely. Great, great move if you ask me. Not that you asked me. There were some other like decent results. Uh, I think it's obviously hard to make any good decisions about the season based on like the first set of games. I mean, I remember that year where Spurs struggled with Everton, and then I didn't get Kane and Son in for ages. But surprisingly, Fulham drew with Liverpool two two. Chelsea scraped a one 0 win against Everton, and Brighton started off their campaign by beating uh, a mid table team away, which is quite good for them. Um, they beat Man United two one. Who oh, that's the game I want to talk about because. People love to talk up Man United assets. People love to talk up their preseason. I thought they were rubbish, Jack. What do you think? I think there's a lot of improvement that needs to happen in that United squad. And I think that, you know, you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to Ten Hag. I think really it's been symptomatic of all of the managers that they've had over the last, well, honestly, since Ferguson left. The manager that's come in has been left to try and pick up the scraps of that team that is perhaps not the team that they would want to have. And obviously, in any managerial role, you're going to get that. You're going to want to try and implement your system on players that perhaps aren't that used to playing in the way that you want them to play. 
but there is definitely a lot of improvement that needs to happen in, with, with that United side. Yeah, they just didn't look at the races. I think certainly after Ronaldo came on, they had a bit more fight in them. Um, and I think that that surely has to you know, show Ten Hag how important Ronaldo is in that team. Even if he's not getting on the score sheet, he is still very, very important to that side. And yeah, I mean, Brighton, fair play to them. I mean, Graham Potter has done amazing things at that club. And honestly, Brighton could have just as fantastic a year as they had last season. I think last season they finished ninth in the Premier League, which was Brighton's highest ever finish in the Premier League. And certainly there's absolutely no reason why they can't push on from from that finish. And uh, yeah, I mean, the way that they play, fluid attacking football and the United defenders just didn't have a clue, especially on that second goal. They were getting dragged all over the pitch and it just left so much space for Solly March on on the right-hand side to just slide the ball across into uh, Pascal Gross at the far post. Gross, of course, picked up two goals in that game. £5.5 million midfielder who certainly hot on everyone's lips at the moment if you are looking for a budget-friendly playing midfielder who I believe might also be on penalties as well when the likes of Morpé isn't on the pitch so he looked fantastic Brighton looked fantastic and there's not really much more to say about that game to be honest no there, there isn't and I think with that we'll move on to to punty picks but before actually before we do I will also note Trossard got one point for me after a silly yellow card but I think he looks good I, I want a couple of weeks to figure it out I, I have no idea how I'm going to get rid of Bailey because I didn't like Villa either but I'm giving them all time I'm thinking about it I'm letting it sit sit and settle for now uh, Trossard looked good, but he only got one point. So, like, I'm gonna need something from him over the next sort of three, four, maybe even five games um, before I make a decision. But I'd like him to do better than that, you know. Anyway, we'll move on. Punty picks, Jack. Do you remember who you picked last week for your punty pick? Yep, of course I do. Of course he does. Do you know why he remembers? Because he won. <laughs> I almost swore. <laughs> you cleaned me out. You cleaned me out. Sterling didn't get any returns, but he got a clean sheet for three points. How did Madison do? Yeah, well, Madison picked up an assist. I think he ended, what, on six points? Might have been five points. Can't quite remember off the top of my head, but yeah, I know that Madison uh, certainly outscored Sterling. I mean, it wasn't by much, but he did pick up an assist. I think it was on the Keenan Dutri Hall goal. Obviously, Leicester uh, ending up drawing 2-2 at home against Brentford. And, you know, a lot of people going with the Leicester goalkeeper double-up as well, with the likes of Ward and, and Iverson, and, of course, Ward back playing in between the sticks and I think maybe some people perhaps regretting that decision because it does make it a lot more difficult to try and jump off of uh, you know the two cheapest goalkeepers in the game well I think certainly having Ward on the bench is, is fantastic and you know if needs must he can come into come into the team and, and you know say if Ramsdale was to sustain an injury I mean I can just transfer Ramsdale out but if I want to worry about using transfers elsewhere then I do just have Ward sat on my bench although he's not the the greatest keeper and I think that Leicester defence still needs to you know undergo some improvement I think that having him on the bench is, is certainly good enough for me and yeah as I say I mean Leicester looked okay at times um, I think from that game I know we're getting a bit off topic here but from that game a lot of people were now sort of turning their heads to the likes of Josta Silva who came off the bench scored the equalising goal what a fantastic goal it was as well and he's only 4.5 million in the game. And obviously, we've got the likes of Andreas Pereira as well, who is that sort of nailed-on 4.5 million player who will start nine times out of ten. But if you are looking to, you know, maybe you are looking 
to have two rotating 4.5 million midfielders, then why not go with the likes of De Silva as well as Pereira and just sort of rotate them when they have a good fixture? I think it could pay off. There's no guarantee that De Silva will start uh, in those games, but he certainly has a good opportunity now to press on after getting that equalising goal and, and picking up a valuable point for Brentford away from home. I'm somehow amazed that you, you always find a way to talk about Brentford. You always find a way to talk about how good Brentford are. They were, they look good. I'll tell you that my punty pick, Sterling, he looked like he could maybe have returned. Nothing special going on. Anyone who punted on him in for real in their team probably shouldn't have done that. Probably isn't a serious player, I'll be honest with you. This week, Jack, um, we're doing punty picks again, obviously. I think that I'd like to self-impose a little limitation just for this week only. I mean, you can do what you want, I suppose, when you host and then it's punty picks time. I'm going to say a budget-friendly attacking option. What does budget-friendly mean? I don't know. You be the judge of that. Maybe less than 8 million. I've picked my player already and I'm happy to tell you about my player while you sort of rack your mind and have a little think and decide who you're going to go for. And I'm picking Trossard. I, I actually specifically... <laughs> of course. I knew I tried to do that with momentum so you wouldn't laugh at me. <laughs> I feel like he looked really good. And on another day, it would have turned. He, got, he, he put in a lot of really quality balls that Welbeck wasn't necessarily on top of. Um, I just feel like one of those strikers will come on and have something to prove. And it could maybe be Undav, it could be anyone. But against Newcastle, at home, in this weekend... I'm feeling Trossard, absolutely feeling Trossard, Jack. Have you had time? Have you got a pick? Uh, is it out of the box? There's lots of options to go for, of course. So there, there are a couple of picks that have been on my mind basically throughout the entirety of today. And I could go with, with one pick, which I think would be quite funny to go with if he does actually return any points, because I think it would maybe be, I don't know, not poetic, but maybe in a way... And I think, yeah, I think I'm going to lock that in because I think it would be funny to see him do well. Can you guess who might have a poetic ending? I know I've not really given you that much to go on, but uh, have you got any uh, guesses in mind? Now, it would be really funny if a lot... Oh, man, I actually don't. I'm hoping you're about to say Marcus Rashford. I think that would be absolutely the most hilarious thing. But I don't think it's going to be. I can't say Rashford. He's 10.8% owned. Oh, my word. Is he actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're doing better than all of those players then, Jack. I don't know. Tell me. Put me out of my misery. So I think I'm going to go with Jesse Lingard. Oh, I was close. Terrible ex-United or United players. Well, purely because Forrest are at home to West Ham in game week two. And obviously Lingard spent... You know, the second half of a couple of seasons ago on loan at West Ham and did phenomenally well. He scored like nine goals in the 16 games when he was on loan there. And, you know, everyone jumped on him and he was just looking fantastic at West Ham. Obviously, you know, in his first game against Newcastle, we didn't really do anything and maybe it might be a bit too much of a punty pick. But I, as I say, I think it might just be sort of semi-poetic if he was to go back against West Ham and get a goal or two. Um, and honestly, we know what Jesse Lingard can do. Maybe he didn't show it in the first game, but he is going to be playing in that sort of number 10 role behind the two strikers. And he was in that position very much so when he was at West Ham as well. You know, he would sort of play in between the likes of uh, Antonio and Bowen, who are nine times out of 10 at the top of the pitch. And I think he could do well this season. Not to say that he's going to absolutely smash it against West Ham. Of course, I hope he will. And I think there will be just uh it would just be 
so so beautiful if he did but yeah I think I'm going to go with Jesse Lingard just uh, you know 6.5 million or 6 million even in the game 5.2% ownership and yeah it would be fantastic if he could uh, bang against uh, the side that he used to play for now I see what you've done there I like it you've gone for a player that can dance or pretends to dance which means that they'll be agile potentially good on the ball <laughs> Leandro Trossard I like him. His eyes are quite wide, which means he can always see where to put, put the assist. He's going he's gonna to be a nice one, actually, this week. I'm quite excited. Uh, Leandro Trossard, of course, he's only 2.3% owned. I'm one of them. Um, so I'm sort of doubly hoping he does well. I've doubled down on that this season. Um, or not this season, this week. I also like that if I'd have stipulated at the start, they need to have a double S somewhere in their name. <laughs> we'd have still fulfilled the criteria, wouldn't we? So Jesse versus Trossard. In a, in a big battle there for, for next week. I've talked about some of the fixtures. You've sort of touched on them as well. And we obviously don't spend too much time on this bit. There's some really key fixtures this week. That's that's the truth of it. Arsenal playing Leicester. And obviously everyone has this Leicester double up of goalkeepers now. Everyone has like triple Arsenal attack or like a couple of Arsenal attackers and, and Ramsdale or something. It's a bit of a, a mess of a, of a game that in terms of like the average score probably be a bit lower because everyone just owns a lot of assets from those teams for, for no reason now. Um, Man City are going to hammer Bournemouth. I have no doubt about that. We don't need to predict what's going to happen there. <laughs> You'd be wrong to think that Bournemouth will win. And Chelsea play Spurs, which is another sort of... It would be a big game that would, again, potentially reduce the, the average score, but people just don't really own Chelsea assets. And as you said, like they're sort of moving off the Spurs defenders after... The catastrophe. I, I'm actually really surprised you you stuck with Perisic even through to the end. So am I. So am I. It's, it was a very risky move, and he still looked good when he came on. Like he looked good, um, and he came on for a while. Just uh, bad luck, I think. Bad luck on the day, Jack. Um, of of all these games, I mean, I haven't spoken about a lot of them. Is there anything that's caught your eye, Jack? What, what what's sort of the the key big fixture you're going to be watching this week? Well, I mean, certainly the you know the City Bournemouth game. I will be hoping for Haaland return but I have that sort of uh, feeling in the back of my mind that Kane is just going to decide to turn up against Chelsea away from home and, and deliver the goods and oh, that'll kill you I it? don't know how I feel about recording a podcast next week if that happens to be honest but no I think um, I'm going to try and keep half an eye I mean I'm going to be out on Saturday evening but I'm going to try and keep half an eye on the Brentford versus Man United game because again people now talk about Man United as being maybe one of the easier fixtures that they can go up against of, you know, the sort of top six teams that they will face. But, you know, Brentford, it will be their first home game. The fans will certainly get behind them and, and will them over the line. And obviously both teams will be looking for their, their, their first win of the season here. You know, I, I genuinely think that Brentford could do well. I think that, yeah, United's defensive woes is certainly something that I don't know if Ten Hag can fix within a week. Certainly, I think that United need to start getting points on the board if they want to finish anywhere near the top four uh, come the end of the season. Obviously, without the Europa League at the moment, they certainly need to try and sort themselves out. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Liverpool on Monday night, people are going to be tossing a coin. Or maybe some people have got it already locked in as as a Haaland captain. But maybe some people might go with the likes of uh, Salah against Palace. Hope that the last game of the game week will deliver them the points. For me, it's Haaland no-brainer at home, first home game. Seemingly on penalties, when Mahrez isn't on the pitch it for, for now at least. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see if Mahrez does start alongside Haaland and if they do get a penalty. 
who is going to be the designated penalty taker for Manchester City because honestly if Haaland is nailed on penalties it's it's an absolute no-brainer pick for for the rest of the season to be honest providing he stays fit then yeah why wouldn't you want to have Haaland in your side and yeah I mean like you say that Arsenal-Leicester game could be okay I think Brighton Newcastle will be will be decent. Yeah, that's what I'm watching. I'm 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 keen to fit Brighton Newcastle into my schedule somehow. Uh, not just because I want to watch Trossard, I just want to see which two of these teams because they both look like teams that could go on to perform better than you'd expect in the league this year. So I just want to see how they do. One team again hasn't really gotten a lot of attention from from either you or I, but it'll be very interesting to see how Southampton versus Leeds go because Leeds looked okay in their first game. You know, I think a lot of people maybe perhaps didn't fancy them in that game against Wolves. But we know that Wolves struggle to score goals and certainly struggle to get uh, points away from home. And yeah, you know what? Leeds looked okay. Bamford didn't get on the score sheet, but he did pick up an assist. And perhaps he's uh, you know, working his way back to the form of a couple of seasons ago when he was fit and fully firing and all cylinders under Marcelo Bielsa and scored something like 17 goals in the Premier League. And I think maybe he's one to keep an eye on if you're going for sort of a... 7.5 million attacking option. Maybe the Gabriel Jesus hype train dies down in a couple of weeks and you are looking to offload him. Maybe Bamford could come to the front of people's uh, minds when it comes to downgrading him. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Leeds do. Um, obviously picking up the first win under Jesse Marsh in, in this new campaign and hopefully they will be uh, able to kick on and, and you know rediscover that form from a couple of seasons ago as well. Well, I, I agree. I think my first transfers will be budget midfielders and Leeds have got a couple that I'm interested in, um, namely Harrison and um, Aronson, who got a disallowed, well, not a disallowed goal. He scored a goal, but it wasn't his goal. It was an own goal instead. So it's close. Uh, and I think I think Harrison maybe got an assist, although I feel like he didn't. I feel like Klitsch and Bamford got the assists. But Harrison's still one to watch for me, especially if Trossard doesn't do it uh, and especially if Bailey needs replacing. So those are the fixtures. I mean, I will ask you, Jack, although I know the answer as we come sort of towards the end of uh, the end of our time. Who are you captaining this week? Harlan, mate. Harlan, no brainer. I think the more difficult decision for me is do I start Perisic given the fact that he A, may not play. Of course, you know, didn't start last game. Sessegnon scored in the same position that Perisic plays, that, that sort of left wing back role. And that would then mean that I would be going into the game week with a 3-5-2 formation and I would be having to play the likes of Andreas, Pereira, Neto and Bailey all at the same time. And those are the sort of three budget midfielders that I've gone with for the start of the season. And there are rumours that Bailey might not even start the game against Everton. So I think that that's sort of where my dilemma falls more than just the captaincy because for me it is a lock on, on Haaland and certainly you know he's looking like he might even get another price rise before the deadline going into game week two and certainly I can assure you that if he does score or when he does score you know two or three goals against Bournemouth then he will certainly go up in price again and I think that certainly a lot of Kane owners who haven't jumped ship yet will be sort of left with their pants down so to speak but yeah I think Haaland for me all the way and I think that you are probably going to go with the same. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Haaland's become, very quickly becoming the player that I want to watch the most. Um, as is Kulisevsky, which I'm very glad that I've put them in my team for that reason. I, it's interesting that you say that, actually. I hadn't really thought about any changes this week. I, In my mind, I was going to keep everything the same. And I still probably am. 
Um, roll into the next game week and then make a double transfer for game week three based on sort of who I like, who I don't like anymore. I was thinking that Trossard down to Harrison might be on the on the on the cards if I wanted to upgrade Bailey. There's some weird stuff that I can do to sort of jiggle those last two places in my team. For me, yeah, definitely though, the only decision I'm making is that I'm captaining Haaland. And it's yeah, it's as simple as that. I just I just do not see how Bournemouth could be a team that are capable of shutting Man City out. And I don't see how any defence really in the league could shut Haaland out after watching him. He blew me away. He really did blow me away. He, he looked so good. He looked like prime old school Ronaldo. It was it was just great. It was great to see something like that in the league, which we haven't seen for a while because teams don't really, they didn't like strikers. They weren't in vogue. As for your decision, Jack, I'd start Perisic. If you've got a premium defender, you start them, right? Like the upside on him is way higher than the upside on like Andreas or someone. If I was to start Perisic, I would, you know what? I would probably go as far as to bench Bailey over Andreas because I think that Fulham looked really good and he got into a lot of good positions and I think he was on average you know further up the pitch than the likes of Mitrovic for most part of that game and if there are you know if we get any more confirmation or any more news closer to the deadline that Bailey is in fact going to be not starting in that game then, then I'd be more inclined to start with Andreas bench Bailey and put Perisic on the pitch and yes it's a tough game against Chelsea but if he does get his chance and if he does start and if Conte backs him then yeah I mean maybe you're right maybe you're right <laughs> yeah a lot of maybes but you can definitely imagine a world where it's easier for Perisic to get a double digit point return than it is for like your benchy fodders or your, your cheap midfielders right like that's definitely something I can imagine so it's up to you um, but that's what I'd be doing I'd be starting Perisic if you've taken the gamble on him already it means that you should really be willing to play him. He's, he's, he could be worth it. Or he could be part of like your next move. You've lost the transfer on Kane to Haaland. That was bad luck. But you can still jiggle your funds and, and get... I don't know, maybe a Chelsea defender becomes in vogue sooner rather than later. And you can downgrade Ramsdale to Ward to free up a million to, to do that, to do that little move. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, by the way, before we, before we end? Just to remind everyone, the picks this week are Trossard versus... Jossard or Jesse Lingard. <laughs> I'm trying there. I'm trying to make their names rhyme. I'm not doing it very well. There's nothing else from me for this week, to be honest. I'm again just hyped for for more Premier League football. And I mean, I'm probably going to be uh, down the pub with some friends in London watching the early kickoff, which will be enthralling between Aston Villa and Everton. I'm, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully, having a cold drink and you're not furiously <laughs> like furiously hot. Because you want to be cool for when you hear that Kane has scored a hat-trick in three minutes against Chelsea or something mad. Um, so thank you. Catch us next week. We'll find out if I can catch Jack up in punty picks and whether he can catch me up in actual real FPL. Oh, that sounded quite mean. Thank you for listening.